I did actually do my research for this episode a little bit and I watched the behind the music episode. Stakes are a little high on this yes, one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't low bar this one. Mm -hmm. Behind the music is just freaking depressing. It starts off with them being murdered and that I was like, this sucks. I'm excited to talk about how shitty Pantera is. I don't want to talk about this dude getting you know, murdered on stage. Very tragic. Today, we're going to talk about Pantera. And what we're going to do is we're going to laugh and we're going to get mad. Mark might cry. <laughs> but tearing my eye already. Ultimately, it's going to be great. Did you watch the home videos when you were younger at all? The Pantera home videos? I probably did. Yeah. The best thing Pantera ever did invent jackass. All teenage boys of my generation saw this shit. I'm pretty positive the Jackass guys were watching it too. Dimebag filmed everything. He always had a camera in his hand or someone around whose job it was just to have a camera in their hand. He was always pulling pranks on people. He was always fucking with the other bands on tour, betting people they couldn't eat some crazy thing in 30 seconds or less, shooting off fireworks inside super fancy hotels. I mean, I'm sure that there are hours of hilarious things that haven't even been released yet. Sure. So basically, Pantera is responsible for not only paving the way for new metal and Five Finger Death Punch and a whole bunch of other bands that people want us to do episodes on, but Jackass, which was yeah. basically a way for dumb people to hurt themselves and or give themselves traumatic brain injuries. Remember when they put out episodes to be like, if you send us videos, we will not watch oh, yeah. it because we will do crazy shit yeah. to impress the jackass guys. It is crazy that ways you would have died a hundred years ago are ways that you can make a living. I think showing jackass to your parents back in the day when it was the first a thing were like, <laughs> why would you do this? I can't believe people pay to see people do this to themselves. And then it became such a thing. Instead of their parents telling them to get a job, their parents are like, why can't you do something smart like those guys on TV? Those guys drank horse jizz. What are you doing? Why can't you go light yourself on fire and do something that'll make us money? And the new generation now will be, how do you only have 100 followers on Instagram? Yeah. Your pictures <laughs> only get 50 likes. You need to step up your followerships. Your dad's bitching to his friends at the steel mill about how you can't even get followers on Instagram. I don't know what's wrong with the boy. Look, my kid is kind of uninteresting. I think that's his problem. He's boring. He looks like another kid. His TikTok doesn't even have 10 people following him. I don't even know. I don't even think he's my son. Dimebag Daryl, specifically, individually, was very influential on where pop culture went. All of which is to say, this dude had a sense of humor. You know, I'm sure he would want people to laugh and smile and have fun with shit. He lived his life as if that's what he wanted. Not get all sad and bummed out when they think about what did happen to him, which is, of course, tragic. There's no way that we would ever make yeah. fun of that. We're not even going to try to make fun of that. Actually, in a moment of seriousness on the podcast, it really was a bummer of a day. And it happened to be my birthday. I mean, my birthday of that year was, was shitty. It was bad. <laughs> I know for a fact 95% of the Pantera fans and Pantera haters who press play on this episode think that all we're going to do is make fun of this band for starting off as a glam metal band and wearing makeup and spandex and all that. Quite the opposite. I wish they would have stayed a glam metal band. That shit is hilarious. I will admit that. But it's also better. Most importantly, Pantera was a kick fucking ass <laughs> hair metal band. If you don't think so, go look up the video of Pantera covering Metallica's Seek and Destroy in 1984. It's at least as good as any live performance of that song Metallica ever did. Pantera is doing it as a three-piece band with an 18-year-old Diamond Daryl singing and playing all the guitar parts. Yeah. Make sure to watch the whole thing. Catch that solo at the end because it is terrifying that he is that good at guitar. If you go watch that and listen to that and you come back here and all you want out of this whole episode is for us to make fun of the outfits they are wearing, go fuck yourself. I think hair metal was probably the greatest genre of metal that ever existed. I think if they had stayed a hair metal band, we wouldn't be doing this episode. It would be impossible to do an episode on Pantera, the hair metal band. This band sounded so much better when they were less angry and called Van Halen. I know. I wish they would have stayed Glamterra. And there's so many things that wouldn't exist. How many bands that you want us to do episodes on? We get so many requests for so many bullshit metal bands. 100% of them exist because of what Glam Terra turned into. Absolutely. The Pantera. 
any bands that called themselves metal after Pantera's existence, you owe that to Pantera because of how incredibly influential this band was on the genre. They were the biggest thing in metal for years. Definitely part of Pantera's influence is it ruined heavy metal. You want us to do an episode on Five Finger Death Punch? Why? We can just do one on Pantera. I will say, poor Vinnie Paul. Mm. Not a man built for spandex, to say the least. No, they maybe could have just kept the music and lost the vibe. You know what I mean? Like maybe they should have just stayed like a shredding hair metal band, but maybe wore regular clothes. That's basically what Van Halen did. I was racking my mind a minute ago trying to think of if there were any hair metal bands who were actually good and just rolled right through the tough guy 90s trend that killed that whole genre. I'm sure there were some bands that went out wearing Aquanet and everything, Mm -hmm. but not ones who were this good. Van Halen survived in a sense, but not with David Lee Roth. And they did just sort of start wearing grunge clothing. I've seen a fuckload of pictures of Eddie in with a flannel. Fuck yes. Eddie who? Vetter or Van Halen? Y'all definitely hang out, right? Eddie V? Yo, Eddie V. (laughs) Eddie V. Which one? (laughs) Dude, the image I have of him in my head is him wearing a flannel around his waist like it's 1993. He just changed costumes and kept doing the same thing. Yeah. Pantera really took a left turn though. Pantera took all this all the way. Glamtera is proof that more bands should try to sound like Van Halen. If you can do it, you should do it. Dimebag was 17 years old when they made the album metal magic yeah 17 year old kid gets to go into a studio and do that shit sure pretty awesome they don't build 17 year old kids that way anymore i didn't wait they had metal magic projects in the jungle i am the night they were a glam band for a while i didn't realize they had that many albums before they had a lot and then power metal and then cowboys from hell so the band here yeah seven years before they finally put out cowboys from hell well that's the thing about cowboys from hell is it's at least as much of an outlier as power metal i think power metal and cowboys are each one album that sounds like they could have been made by a different band. Let's address the fact that the first song on Metal Magic in 1983 is called Ride My Rocket. Yeah, it's pretty great. Hell fucking yeah. <laughs> Ride My Rocket sounds like a great song. A lot of these songs are very cool. Ten years later, not even nine years later, on Vulgar Display of Power, we're talking about Mouth for War is the first song. Yeah. So they went from Ride My Rocket, less than a decade later, it's Mouth for War. What the fuck happened? (laughs) She must have broke his rocket. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Fucking hostile. Instead of tell me if you want it was a song on Metal Magic. Sounds great. Yeah. But instead, now I have to listen to this love. Listen to Down Below from I Am The Night. The shit is sick and it came out two years before Appetite for Destruction. If you think Appetite for Destruction's badass, pretty difficult to make fun of this. Mm-hmm. Then Pantera turned into Judas Priest for one album because they got a new singer. Their first singer sucked, I'll admit it, but I don't care. I'd rather listen to that shit with a bad singer. Well, I don't know. I guess Phil does sound better than he does at any other point in his career when he's just trying to sound like Rob Halford, right? Sure, yeah. Early Pantera, where he's still a singer. Goes off a cliff pretty fast. Power Metal's still a badass album. Sure. He's doing a Rob Halford impersonation. If you like anything that sounds remotely like Judas Priest or Def Leppard or Iron Maiden and you say you don't like this album because of their outfits, you're just fucking lying. Musicianship is good, but really just generic. They sound like the best Judas Priest cover band. Yes, exactly. This is right up the middle of the road for what was popular at the time. So Phil, their new singer, he's obsessed with death metal and hardcore and drags this band into being heavier and heavier. He turns him on to Slayer, turns him on to all this shit. The first move in the heavier direction was Cowboys from Hell. I don't even really count this as a Pantera album. It's sort of an in-between album. It's sort of between the awesome glam stuff and... This is a transitional record. It is. It's just sloppy rock. The Abbott brothers were super influenced by Kiss. It's like their favorite band. Pantera sounds nothing like Kiss, but if you go back to our Kiss episode... We talk about how disappointing it is the first time you hear Kiss after you've seen the pictures of the band and after you've heard the stories about they're so evil, it stands for Knights in Satan's service. Yeah, yeah. Scared shitless by this stuff when you press play on it and then you just get a sloppy rock band with dumb songs. This was weird is like if you go compare to what you know Dimebag is capable of as a writer and as a musician, 
And then you listen to that album. You're like, what the fuck did you, why? You're listening to a guitar player intentionally yeah. dumb down their playing. But like significantly. Yeah. And I, mean, I don't know, but maybe the intention is, okay, maybe we can make more money doing this or we can become more popular if we dumb down our music. Maybe we're doing stuff too smart. We have like a dumb audience and we need to make it simpler for people to digest. Press play on the album Cowboys from Hell. That sounds a lot more like you would expect Kiss to sound. If you heard all that shit about Kiss, they're evil, this is what they look like, pictures, everything, and you went and pressed play on it and it sounded like Cowboys from Hell, it would make absolute perfect sense. Sure. Kiss is kind of heavy. If Pantera was the band that they are on Cowboys from Hell, I would assume that these were just some kids who decided to grow up and make the band they wish Kiss had been when they heard Kiss. Yeah. Speaking of Cowboys from Hell, if you put that song on an internet jukebox at 1 a.m. and the place doesn't go ape shit, you're drinking in some bullshit yuppie bar and you should leave. Yeah, the thing about Pantera in general, but specifically a lot of songs even on that first album, is uh, the more are people... We, are we calling Cowboys their first album? Because that's what they Yeah, do. well, I'm saying yeah. like really like okay. the first, what yeah. people consider to be Pantera. Right. This is the intro to Pantera album. Um, the whole band revolves around just violence. If you're at the bar at 1 a.m. and you've been there for a few hours, probably in better than 50% chance someone's going to get into a fight. Oh, parking lot's not safe after that point. Don't, no, I'm not saying I, that. The bar itself may not be <laughs> safe at that point. You got a better chance of not getting stabbed if you stay inside the bar, I would say. Sure, yeah. Maybe you're going to take a stool to the head. Yeah, but if you're walking by at bar and the, you know what I mean, it comes on, you might want to just like walk a little faster a fight might spill out into the street and consume you as you walk by like a vortex. Oh, I gotta go, I gotta go. Because I don't drink in bullshit establishments. I have never been in a bar where someone threw on the song Cowboys from Hell after midnight and the place didn't go wild. It is one of those songs uh, similar to like a Rage Against Machine song. It's going to guarantee. And the problem is when you take basically monkeys, give them alcohol, feed them angry, aggressive music, and you throw in sexual tension. Oh, buddy. This is a Five bomb. Five minutes alone. <laughs> yeah, this is a bomb waiting to explode. Two minutes alone. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a problem quickly. So we have new t-shirts, but I just realized, can we say how... How specifically can we describe the designs of our new shirts? Uh, we have shirts that roundaboutly might kind of make you think of a certain 90s grunge rock band uh, and or another famous rock band from the across the pond. It rhymes with the bowling bones. <laughs> the bowling bones. Yeah. Shmervana. <laughs> Shmervana. Come on down to yfbspod.com. Merch store. Buy a t-shirt. Buy a flag. Buy a pin. Buy a sticker. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. That's the thing about that Cowboys from Hell album, too, is this isn't the Pantera that everyone means when they say Pantera, but all the people who are listening to Pantera do count this album. They do enjoy it from time to time. Yeah. They're usually listening to the more aggressive stuff that came after it, but they will rate this one. What is the biggest song off that album? Definitely the title track, Cowboys from Hell. Yeah. I was from hell. I mean, this was their closer. Like, they closed the shows with this one. Cemetery Gates is on here, too. That song sucks a it lot. <laughs> that, I get why people like that guitar riff. Do, yeah. do, 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 do. I get it. It sounds like the dungeon music from Zelda. But but overall, though, this album, too. Yeah, there's only a couple songs on here that probably most people would even know. Those two. Domination, Cemetery Gates, Cowboys from Hell. Cowboys from Hell and Cemetery Gates are for sure the those two, two big really ones. could yeah. just be it. Yeah. This isn't really Pantera yet. This is what would happen if you took the band Leonard Skinner and dialed the knob all the way to metal. It would sound like Cowboys from Hell. I think it's like them playing with what's going to work. So we've tried the glam metal thing. Yeah. We've tried this in-between phase. We're going to try this. If Cowboys from Hell didn't take off, 
they probably would have given up metal altogether <laughs> and just become Leonard Skinner. That would have been pretty great, probably. Probably would have been like better. Like I said, if they stayed this band, if they started and stayed as this band, it would make sense. I would understand why that band existed. Yeah. I probably wouldn't listen to it very much because it is like Leonard Skinner music for people who are proud of being a piece of shit. That's what this is a soundtrack and that's why when you're drinking somewhere and it gets put on in a bar after midnight the whole place goes ape shit yeah if simple man comes on and people order let's do shots they're reflecting on their life choices as they're wasted you know crying on the bar or something if domination comes on and so like so let's order shots someone's getting stabbed this is not a good situation if you're not down with that the other thing about this album is that the production is very bad on it it doesn't sound good all the tones terrible the guitar was heavier on power metal than it is on this and Mm. i get that they were probably trying to intentionally let everyone know we're gonna sound different now making each instrument sound different but each instrument was heavier sounding on power metal like the drums sounded heavier the guitar sounded heavier when they decided to do the cowboys from hell and what we know of as pantera we have to dumb it down but not not just slowing it all down but it's muddying it up really it's like this muddy southern sound that they kind of latched onto and it just becomes really obvious as it goes on every album the production never gets better forever stays this muddy shittiness it's like if zz top didn't know how to write cool songs (laughs) right yeah yeah the production on zz top kills this the production on zz top is heavier than cowboys from hell I just think they didn't know what they were doing yet. Yeah, I think it could that, be that. Well, it could be that too. They were experimenting with a new sound. They were probably recording Cowboys every time they went in there. They were probably thinking, everyone's going to think we're stupid for not wearing makeup anymore. This is such a bad idea. This is such a bad idea. I like to pretend that in an alternate reality, somebody goes back in time and is like, yo, no. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, I wonder. Just stay a fucking glam metal so band. So I wonder how many times Metallica looked at Pantera and got pissed off for believing whoever the asshole was who told them in order to stay relevant Metallica was going to have to turn into a bad rock band yeah if Metallica stayed Metallica the guys in Pantera straight up said the Black Album is one of the reasons they made Vulgar Display of Power they've straight up said Metallica started making bad rock music and we doubled down we're going to get heavier then if we don't have Metallica anymore someone's got to do this yeah maybe what happens is is they look at Metallica's making starts making this bad rock music Slayer is still just putting out speed metal, which is just annoyingly fast nonsense. Right. Slayer definitely hit a ceiling. That band wasn't ever going to get bigger than it was. They were never going to get more famous than they were. Metallica changed at what looked like the exact right moment in time because they then became huge. But anyone who liked music realized, oh, this band's fucking done now. And that's what happened. I don't give a fuck about ticket sales. I don't give a fuck about album sales. That band was done. If you think about it, Metallica and Pantera sort of have opposite timelines because Pantera started off wearing makeup and glitter in the 80s and then they got heavy in the 90s. But in the 80s, Metallica was metal as fuck. And then in the 90s, they cut their hair short and started wearing makeup, eyeliner and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And this became whiny bitches and it definitely shifted the whole thing. And then Pantera capitalizes. They basically just got very violent. We've mentioned it a few times, but homophobia is a super common reaction to this podcast. Probably half the episodes that we've done, someone has told us that we only think that band is bad because we are gay. Right. Or that we like to put penises in our mouths. And that means Fleetwood Mac is not a good band to us. Sure. Don't understand it. The amount of people that will be calling us the F word. On this one. Is going to be huge this is going to be the biggest one this is going to there's never going to be another episode that makes that happen more than this episode no doubt all of you pantera fans that are tuning into this right now are very thoughtful intelligent people that will send very thought out intelligent emails because you know you can't defend it you know you can't defend it but what are you going to say it's so tough it's so good (laughs) okay that's what makes it good hate breeze the greatest metal band of all time because it's tough the best thing that could happen to this band would be if someone wrote a biography of vinnie paul because it would be hilarious and if he were here he would laugh at it too i know that for a fact because he wouldn't have a choice you'd have to laugh this poor fucker in spandex during Glam Terra. <laughs> we should definitely use a picture of him in spandex for, oh, the, we're, for this. we're gonna. Yeah. And there are a lot of them. It's not like there's just one picture. It's a lot. Well, that was like their and thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, and there, it's more than just spandex, too. We're talking ski goggle sunglasses when those were a thing. Also, the hair's teased way out. His hairy man chest is out there for the world to see. It's just, it's a 
a lot of life choices being made as a group probably, is what this band is doing. I got to think he probably got his ass kicked at least a couple I times. I doubt it. I mean, he's always been a pretty big dude. You could start on those pictures, but then you can move in either direction on the timeline. You can go younger to when he was a kid or older when he was an adult. And either way, it's just going to get funnier and funnier. Mm-hmm. I can cast it for you. Dye Jonah Hill's hair black. Cast him as a teenage Vinnie Paul who decides to be a tuba player and does become a tuba player Mm. until his dad, who (laughs) has worked in the music industry their whole lives, realizes his son is serious about being a tuba player and makes him play drums instead. So there's a chance he'll get a job slash get laid at any point in his life. Son, there are two things that aren't going to happen if you're a professional tuba player. Yeah. A, you're never going to get laid. No. And B, you're never going to have a paying gig. No. So like, what do tuba players go on to be? How many professional tuba players are there? It's not a I good guess life. he could have joined a ska band. It is wild to think of all the little changes that could have happened. And we, How many episodes have we done on bands where if just one little thing had changed? Oh, I think so. If he had just said, Dad, fuck you, I'm a tuba player. <laughs> What would happen? They would have changed the history right there. there. Would not be an episode on Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> there wouldn't be an episode on uh, a lot of the things we have planned. You can also go in the other direction. This is a guy who's one of those, I'm going to make a famous metal band, but I like to play golf on my days off. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That's who Vinnie Paul ends up being. These guys have a very well-deserved reputation as being hardcore party people, but they were also humongous dorks. Everyone knows Vinnie Paul ran a strip club in Dallas called The Clubhouse, but the reason it was called The Clubhouse is because he originally wanted to build a golf course and have a strip club on the course instead of a clubhouse. Mm. If only, again. <laughs> he wanted to have a golf course. It was Alice Cooper shit. Come on, this is great. It should have happened. Things that could have changed the history of Pantera. Here's another scene in this guy's movie. One time missed a flight because he was reading a newspaper in the airport shitter. <laughs> this is like an American pop movie that this guy lived little turd falling off the bottom of his jeans as he's running when he finally got to where he was supposed to be after missing the plane everyone started calling him Vinny the Pooh (laughs) it's this shit it's perfect this shit is amazing it it really sucks that people get all bummed out when they think about this band because this shit is so funny but dude it's so hard it's spinal tap yeah yeah exactly the tough guy version of spinal tap the machismo tough guy southern gritty Spinal Tap. If you know a dude who thinks the song Primal Concrete Sledge is about as good as it gets in metal drumming, you need to tell that drummer, look him in the eyes and go, look at me, listen, double kick sucks, okay? No one fucking cares about double kick. Nobody. The only people that care about double kick. Drummers. Are drummers. Drummers. The only person on earth, and then in just because of the circle of influence, everyone that's in a band with a drummer knows about double kick because they're just in the circle of double kick conversation. It's like bowling a perfect game with bumpers in the lane. You can go brag about it the rest of your life, but no one's really going to give a shit. We might be like, oh yeah, that's cool. Who let the special guy in? What I find interesting is because I know a little bit about this (laughs) is uh, again, not in a band. I just happen to know some drummers when a drummer is actually like really, really talented and they don't use a double kick. That's what I'm it saying. Sounds like they're playing That's what a double I'm saying. kick. You start playing that shit with one foot like John yeah. Bonham and yeah. maybe I will start caring. Yeah, actually, I think I asked one of my friends one time. I'm like, oh, do you use a double kick? They're like, no, I don't need to. That's hardcore. But it looks cool. It's part of the image. Like there's two kick drums up there. You know what I mean? Well, why aren't there two snares? Two hi-hats? It doesn't sound cool. For anyone who doesn't know what a double kick is, when you hear it on an album, I'm sure you're just like, well, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Why does it sound like a horse galloping for no reason through this song? That's what it sounds like. When you hear it, you start to notice it. Yeah, it does kind of sound like a horse. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of funny. It's so dumb. Slipknot does that. What other thing in a band gets talked about? What do guitar, is there a thing that guitar players have, like their own double kick thing that they always talk about? I guess, I can't remember if it was the Coheed or Mastodon episode where I came up with the theory that use of harmonics on guitar is directly proportional to the level of intentional audience pandering by the band. Right. The the more times you hear a harmonic or a pinch harmonic on guitar. It's just to elicit a response from the the audience. The more likely it is that you're watching pro wrestling on stage, basically. Yeah. I can't remember if I use this as an example, but the song Blurry by Puddle of Mud would be exhibit A if I were building this case in a courtroom. Oh, yeah. 
It's like that's the whole like, yeah, intro thing. Did it? Yeah, yeah. Just, just shut up, dude. <laughs> I'm ashamed that I know that. Play your fucking guitar. <laughs> that's funny. Tunings would be another thing like this on guitar. How low do you tune your guitar? Yeah. This is a trick that Dime definitely stole from Black Sabbath. This is part of the negative influence Pantera had on metal, especially new metal, which would not exist if it wasn't for Pantera. There would be no new metal without the band Pantera. Zero percent. All those dudes are playing seven string, eight string, nine string guitars, tuned into drop B. The thing that they didn't pay attention to that Dime did was don't come out of the gate tuning your guitar as low as you're going to tune it. Each album, you drop it a little bit more, and people will keep thinking that you got heavier. Pantera just got heavier and heavier and heavier. He kind of just started tuning his guitar lower and lower and lower. People's idea of what's heavy is really interesting. Because for some people, it really it's heavily, <laughs> pun intended, influenced <laughs> by the tuning of the guitar. For other people, it's the speed of the playing or the distortion level gain. But then there are other people who know that if it's truly heavy, you can play it on anything and it'll be heavy. If something's heavy, you can play it on an accordion. Bingo. Go listen to Ennio Morricone's song, Man with a Harmonica. If I didn't recommend listening to that in the Black Sabbath episode of this show, that was a fuck up on my part. If I did, sorry for repeating myself. But again, if you think Black Sabbath's heavy, go listen to Man with a Harmonica. It's got a harmonica all over it. I know in the Black Sabbath episode, I said that if you have a harmonica in the band, it's not heavy metal. I lied. Ennio Morricone's metal as fuck, and the mm. song's called Man with a Harmonica. Heaviness isn't something that I don't even know how I would quantify it. I do know that I would not quantify it by thinking, oh, it has to do with the tuning. Pound for pound, I think Dimebag riffs, Smoke, Slayer, Metallica, Megadeth, any of that shit. Sure. Pantera's riffs are heavier. I guarantee you more beds have been broken by people fucking to Pantera than people fucking to Slayer. How do you fuck the Slayer? Exactly. You can't. There's That's no rhythm saying. there. That's just like pounding. That's I what I'm saying, man. If you're fucking the Slayer, it's just like a rabbit. You know, it's done. But this is still sort of a Led Zeppelin situation. Just because Pantera is heavier than all these bands doesn't mean they don't suck. Yo, heaviness is not a, a trait necessarily that makes a band good. Also, this is a super formulaic band. You can just hear them cutting more and more away to get down to just the essentials and kick that out over and over again. Does it always need a guitar solo? There was this Dimebag quote I remember where he was talking about guitar solos and his thing was... If you can do it, I don't know why you wouldn't want to do it. But drummers can do drummer solos, but it's not drum solos in every song. There's actually hardly ever drum solos. They're alive. Li oh, definitely live. Live they do drum solos. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Zeppelin recorded Moby Dick. Primal Concrete Sledge is practically a drum solo the whole time. I think that it was more the guitar stuff that was influential about Pantera, though. I think if somebody said they were heavily influenced by his playing on the Glamterra years... I would have a little bit more respect for it because yeah. they actually That's never maybe, what they mean. Though. No, because they actually just are heavily influenced by the dumbed down Dimebag Daryl. However you feel about new metal, it would not exist if not for the song Walk. The riff from the song Walk is at least half the reason why new metal exists. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to Walk and then listen to Blind, heavy influence there. And then if you listen to really any Pantera riff, especially as they get more and more muddy and typically slower songs, it's pretty obvious that actually every metal band that can't play as fast as Slayer and as intricate as Metallica just ripped off Pantera. That's exactly what happened. Corn doesn't exist without Pantera. There's no way Slipknot exists without Pantera. Corey Taylor probably buys Phil's sweaty cargo shorts off eBay. I don't think Rage Against the Machine exists without Pantera. If you criticize Rage Against the Machine, one of the first things people will say is, well, they're not really a rock band. They really have more in common with hip hop and you clearly just don't listen to hip hop. So you can't really get have an opinion. The, eh, you aren't gonna find a band that sounds like that anywhere in hip-hop even hip-hop bands that actually are hip-hop bands like the roots who are playing instruments and shit that doesn't sound like rage dickhead that's not what hip-hop sounds like it's what pantera fucking sounds like yeah rage against the machine is like a pantera with a message i guess rage against the machine is like fuck you let's burn the government down Pantera's message is just, fuck you, I'll punch you in the dick. Here's another thing Dimebag did on his guitar, is he used a noise gate so there would be no noise in between those notes. He's playing these really punchy notes and chords, and he wants to scoop out that space in between, where like you might hear his finger on a guitar string, some shit like that. 
he threw a noise gate on it so there's just silence in between these things he's just stabbing in and out mm. it's like a staccato approach applied to metal riffing dime figured out how to make all that empty space more empty that's rage against the machine and this did not just hit new metal basically any genre with the word metal in the name metalcore probably does not exist without pantera 1000 doesn't. doesn't it just doesn't it, oh most metalcore bands straight up rip off pantera in the slayer episode we talk about how much early converge sounds like slayer it's so obvious that converge started off huge fanboys of slayer but then they moved past where slayer was they probably just started listening to pantera man yeah listen to far beyond driven and vulgar display of power and then go check out what converge was doing right after these albums came out i really do just think it comes down to the quality of the musicianships that are in these bands following the footsteps of pantera and these other bands pantera is just your obvious answer yeah. because it's so basic chuggy nonsense and then you what do you do you just tune your guitar down next thing you know you're writing new metal songs dimebag daryl is someone who everyone who came after him copied his style so hard that kids who get into metal later go back and listen to pantera and don't hear anything that's interesting to them at all what are you talking about this isn't special everyone does this yeah well, it's because he did it. And a lot of people would say that makes Pantera influential, therefore one of the greatest bands ever. But that's just because humans experience time in a linear fashion. If you went back and looked at the genre of metal as a whole from outside the dimension of time, nobody's picking an album with Phil Anselmo on the mic, one of their top 10 lists. He's the least metal frontman. When you actually, God, you, if you like Phil, I don't know how anybody still does, but like all you have to do is go back and watch some interviews from when they were huge, when these albums were coming out. There's no way you watch the behind the music and come out the other side going, oh, Phil Ensemble's a great guy. I can't wait to go see, I can't go wait to go see whatever new side project he's putting out. He doesn't seem fun. I've seen interviews where the microphones in his face you could tell that phil's supposed to be saying something he can't think of anything to say yeah for any of the dozens of reasons why he doesn't have as many brain cells as he started this life with yeah <laughs> and the other guys in the band no joke prompt him with an answer give him a three-word intro they lead him <laughs> it's, so it's almost hard. like he gets shocked by lightning in real life. oh yeah i can say this and he launches him into his answer lead his answer like phil this is what we want you to say you embarrassing shithead there's a chance that this band could have stayed a good band if Phil Ensomno hadn't joined it. The tough guy frontman bullshit just doesn't do it for me. The grunting and the growling, that works. He looks like someone who would do that shit. Yeah. The thing that annoys me is the middle ground between him actually singing and then the caveman stuff. Like in the song Five Minutes Alone where he sounds like he wants to be in the band Clutch, that's specifically what kills it for me. Mm -hmm. His Rob Halford impersonation on Power Metal, pretty solid. He'd probably still be doing that if he hadn't talked the rest of this band into listening to his favorite hardcore and death metal records. This is a guy who was obsessed with Henry Rollins. He was obsessed with death metal, listening to Venom before anyone you know, that kind of guy. He joins the band and drags him into hell. Yeah. Ruins it. Hey guys, smoke all this weed and then we're going to slow it all down. I think one time I'm trying to think what people described it to me is because they were like from the south. So it's hot. Everything's slower. If you listen to Norwegian black metal, <laughs> it's like a response to the long winter doldrums. This sounds like a theory you need to be giving someone credit for because it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> I'm you, not you giving credit to anybody. You don't remember who said no, this? Probably, no, I think it culminated across many oh. conversations. It's a response to the environment that they're in. So it's hot. Yeah. Instead of making black death metal like the, the people in Norway that were cold all the time. These guys were hot all the time. We keep saying metal. It cannot be overstated how important it is to understand that Phil was into hardcore punk. He, Pantera is basically what happens when there's a kick-ass hair metal band who hires a hardcore vocalist who also for some reason happens to love Judas Priest. He gets in the door with his Rob Halford impersonation, all the while knowing he's going to transform this band into stadium hardcore. That's essentially what this band became on Vulgar Display of Power and Far Beyond Driven is a stadium hardcore band. Yeah. Pantera is the most successful hardcore band in the world is practically what you're looking at. And then after that, what? Far Beyond Driven comes out, which has got to be their biggest album, I would think. I think, yeah. It just goes off a cliff well, and nobody cares. Especially because it was piggybacking on the sales and 
continued reputation of vulgar display of power. The Great Southern Trend Kill sucks. The album sucks. It's Don't not good. Me. It's yeah. not good. The song Tens on Great Southern Trend Kill is also exactly what I'm talking about with Phil singing. That song is why I can't do this. Reinventing the Steel, they gave up. It's over at that point. I don't think anyone likes Reinventing the Steel. It's I doubt there's any even Pantera quote unquote fans that can name three songs off the I album. I thought you were going to say members who like the <laughs> album and I was going to agree with you because I don't think that, I think that they just hated each other too much at this point. Yeah, that's a phone it in album. It's hard to know whose side to take in this argument, honestly, because I'm pretty sure Vinnie Paul's a fucking liar. Phil is beyond the capabilities it required to have a conversation with someone. And you never know if that's what's going to happen when you pick up the phone to call him. Yeah. Who am I going to get on the phone right now? Is this going to be a guy that even knows who he's talking to? Exactly. So it's hard to know whose side to take in this. I would imagine both sides are probably at fault. So let's think about this. So they really only put out two albums that anybody actually cares about truly at the end of the day. Vulgar Display of Power, Far Beyond Driven. Yeah. It's also weird. This band was on MTV a lot more than bands who weren't Metallica. Mm -hmm. It was basically Metallica and Pantera yeah. on MTV. You could still see a Pantera video. After Nirvana killed hair metal, Pantera was still huge. What was the song that really popped Pantera to the next level? Unbroken? It was either Walk or Unbroken. Yeah, it was, Walk would have been huge. Unbroken, though, I think was like a... That was a big song, big video. Cemetery yeah, Gates like, was a pretty big video, actually. I try to think of whatever that Metallica song was. Oh, like Enter Sandman. Unbroken was Pantera's Enter Sandman, but to the one one thousandth degree. Because Enter Whoa. Sandman was like on top 40 radio. This is one of my favorite things about tough metal guys is how much they care about someone's hairstyle. I have seen so many conversations of people talking about when Phil's hair looked a certain way. I've seen people talk about Phil having a shaved head like it was some significant thing that let hardcore kids feel they were welcome at Pantera shows. They really wanted to get punched in the back of the head in a circle pit. Right. So they had to play the walk riff <laughs> and I'm going to fucking smash my face in the ground or something. The rest of these guys, after they took off the makeup and spandex, pretty much had a look that they stuck with for the rest of their lives but not phil yeah because at some point there he had a butt cut hair what? down to the sides there he did have that yeah, like, a butt it, cut. like where you take a ponytail and just chop it and yeah, let it go and like around a like chin length yeah 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 dude's name sean in the 90s had this hair a lot yeah he did have that he had a shaved head all the way he also had the anthony key actually dude phil is kind of the metal anthony kiedis oh shit dude that's deep the way he jumps around on the stage reminds me of Anthony. Oh, especially like that wide leg landing thing that they do. They kind of stomp around, legs real wide. Him being the main reason why the band sucks. Yeah. There are some aspects of Red Hot Chili Peppers that could work if they didn't have Anthony Kiedis on top of it. Phil ruins it. If Pantera was an instrumental band, they'd be better than they are. This is Mark Mosley talking. Uh, by this time, you probably have a good idea whether you agree with us or not. And if you don't like the podcast, that's completely fine. Everyone needs a moronic friend. Either way, we don't really care. We just like to get discussions going around all these topics, you know? If you're a fan of me, Tyler, do us a favor. Go ahead and share this episode. Yeah, tweet about it. Post it on your Facebook Actually, the thing I think you should do, click the little share button on whatever phone you have, send it to someone that you know likes the band of the episode that you're currently listening to. It is most important <laughs> thing that you know where your friends stand with these things. And the only way to know that is you send them this episode. You wait for the fallout to happen. Right, then go to yfbspod.com. You can get stickers, buttons, shirts. By the time you're hearing this, there's no telling what'll be in the store. Just get something. Yeah. Make sure if it's a sticker, like put it on your car. On the passenger side window facing in after that friend doesn't even acknowledge that you sent them the episode but they definitely listen to it no way to resist it it's kind of awkward the next time you see them sure especially when you're wearing a, your favorite band sucks t-shirt mm -hmm. you know yeah you'll like it i'm trying i'm trying a new catchphrase out hey, you'll like it you'll like it mark says you'll like it <laughs> One thing I do like to imagine is how easy it would be to sell metal lyrics to Silicon Valley billionaires as if they were some sort of Ram Dass be here now shit that's going to make them. Yeah. I thought we could talk through that train, but it's really fucking laying one on. He seriously was going crazy with that horn. <laughs> you know, how some metal guys write lyrics like they've been reading Art of War or a book of the teachings of Confucius. Yeah, definitely. The song Domination has the lyrics. 
Agony is the price that you'll pay in the end. Domination consumes you, then calls you a friend. This is like Sun Tzu shit. It's half smart stuff and violent stuff. One of the problems with Phil is the Phil fanboys are the aggressive, violent ones. People who take this guy at face value. The people that really buy into the machismo Ugh. image that's put out. I remember everyone making a big deal out of them naming a song fucking hostile. You can't even say the name of the song on the radio. So Next up, effing hostile. If Pearl Jam's suing Ticketmaster was sort of fuck the man, Pantera was... The reaction to that. We will fuck the man. <laughs> Do you have him here? We will fuck him. <laughs> This is probably what we have to close on is there's no way around talking about violence with Pantera fans. Pantera is responsible for keeping millions of people's brains from evolving to the next level. I think things like the UFC, for example, wouldn't exist without Pantera. For sure, It has man. kept people's minds in some sort of weird evolutionary stalemate. This isn't just music for you to get into a fight to. This is music for you and your friends to psych each other up for taking turns punching each other in the face. All slap wars yes. started with the Pantera, Pantera song. Do you realize how many people listen to Pantera at the gym? Oh, 100%. Now do the math on how many of those people are taking steroids. If steroid use has a soundtrack, it is Pantera. Fighting in general. <laughs> I would love to know. I don't know why I have this weird obsession with this shit. But if you could know how many hospital bills, how much medical debt is attributable to Pantera? gotta be something insane millions if not tens of millions of dollars people jumping off shit riding car really fast going too <laughs> fast on their motorcycle punching the guy that whips their ass in the bar going to jail for punching a cop these are all things that you do when pantera is playing pantera fans are so aggressive pantera sucks is some entry-level troll shit that you'll post on the internet guaranteed to make some idiot on the internet challenge you to a fist fight all you gotta do is say pantera sucks and someone's gonna try to fight you through a computer screen we are absolutely gonna get lots of people saying i will fight you and there's no real mystery here or anything you know why are pantera fans so violent <laughs> at the beginning of this episode we said the best thing this band ever did was invent jackass but one of the worst things this band did was invent bum fights also yeah look at the album cover of vulgar display of power the photographer that did this album cover said they didn't actually punch the guy they just had him pose like he got hit and then photoshopped a fist in there but vinnie paul knew it was a good story to say that they brought someone in and paid him 10 bucks to take a hit to the face and they paid him 310 dollars for 31 punches <laughs> he always told this story even though it's probably right. total bullshit it's definitely bullshit for years this guy was out there saying that yeah we just brought in a guy and paid him 10 bucks a shot punch the fuck out of him no one's taking that many punches to the face it's a lot a, man and b not for that little amount of money if you look at that album cover and you're still confused as to why pantera fans are so violent press play on the album sure it truly if pantera is your favorite band and you haven't read a book in 10 years see if you can maybe still read see if you can take the next step in evolution and join us in a civilized society, you're just pissed off. If you're listening to Pantera and you're driving down the road, you're road raging, you're probably flipping somebody off. And if you're not already flipping them off, you're going to be doing it before the end of the song. You're definitely thinking to yourself, this guy's an idiot, that girl's an idiot, everyone's a fucking idiot. This isn't a good way to live your life. This is not a good place to be. Calm the fuck down. The other thing is this album title and cover, it equates the idea of power with violence. A vulgar display of power, here's a picture of a guy getting punched in the face. So clearly this is saying to people, power is violence. Violence is power. If you're dumb enough to think it is, here's your favorite band. If I remember correctly, Pantera was always one of Beavis and Butthead's favorite bands. When a Pantera video would come on that show, they would be like, yeah, this, this rocks. <laughs> and they'd fight. Didn't they fight each yeah, other? Oh, fucking shit, we should have watched it. We should watch that. See, I mean, if Pantera can make Beavis and Butthead fight, there's a pretty funny commercial that Aquaman did, Game of Thrones guy, yeah. uh, Jason Momoa. Sorry if I'm not saying that right. I think you're awesome. Aquaman ruled. Smoke weed and watch Aquaman. That actor did this anti-plastic water bottle commercial where he's walking around swatting water bottles out of people's hands while they're taking drinks of them. He's wearing a vulgar display of power t-shirt in that commercial. He swats this water bottle out of another giant tough guy. Dude squares off on him. Aquaman's all like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? And it cuts straight to him icing down his busted up face later after the dude kicks the shit out of him. Yeah. Because this is a Pantera fan. 
man. Yeah. I'm like walking around getting in fights and getting your ass handed to you. Yeah, that's the whole thing for the sake of being violent. There's another commercial where for some reason Carl's Jr. slash Hardee's uses I'm Broken in one of those food flying through the air commercials. Yeah. No idea what the subtext there is supposed to be. Broken, you're a shell of a human. Come get Carl's Jr. <laughs> Guess I'm hungry now. I do think that Pantera will ultimately be forgotten, though they were too influential of bands that got huge. So fans of those bands don't hear anything special when they listen to Pantera. Yeah, that's the hard part is later other bands got actually way bigger than Pantera and probably did it better than Pantera. It's just not going to go backwards and they're not around to capitalize on it. Right. Even if that was going to be a thing, the band itself is not around to capitalize on that. Korn takes this idea that obviously Pantera lays the groundwork for and runs with it a whole new level. Pantera was so huge too, man. These guys played right before Ozzy on OzFest. Go look at the full list of bands that played near the top of OzFest Bills and look at where those bands are today. I mean, some of them don't exist, of course, but the ones that do are huge. Yeah, still. And Pantera played after them. But you're not going to see Pantera on Best of the Decade list because everyone has to pretend like they weren't listening to all that shit. Slipknot got better after that is what they say now. The other thing working against Pantera being remembered, like we said, this is the soundtrack to being a piece of shit. People are embarrassed of who they were that's when it. they listened to this stuff. That's it, right? People listen to Pantera for a time in their angry when teenage life. When they identified life. with it. Right. Yeah. They're angry teenagers. They're walking through the halls back in the day listening to tapes with clenched fists being pissed off. And then they become adults and they outgrow it. And they're like, man, I was dumb, little angry kid. And I'm not a dumb, angry kid anymore. So fuck this band. It's one of the built-in flaws of making music for aggressive assholes is almost nobody is taking music recommendations from those people. Mm -hmm. They're aggressive assholes. They don't have real friends. No one's walking up to the kids punching each other in the face out back of the gas station, huffing spray paint and asking them, yo, what are you listening to these days? And then going and buying it. That's not a fucking thing. Also, no one's looking at the circle pit at a Pantera show and thinking about making a baby. Or able to have a baby because they got kicked in the balls in the mosh pit or something. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go have a kid with that person. Look at the way that guy just punches everybody. I can't wait to mate with that one. This is not a band that's going to be passed down. People aren't handing this down to their kids like Beatles fans are. It's true because they're not proud of it. They're not proud of the time of their life that they listen to Pantera. If only half the people who are ashamed of listening to Pantera were ashamed of listening to the Beatles, maybe music could be better. The whole world would be better. What the world needs now. It's five minutes alone! <laughs> uh, we haven't said a single word about the bass player of this band. There's really nothing interesting there. I have in my notes, what is it like to be the guy in the band that nobody knows? The only <laughs> thing that this guy's ever done that mattered is be the actual inspiration for Steve Buscemi's character in the movie Airheads. Yeah. If you go watch Airheads, you're watching an actor who watched all the footage he could of Rex Brown of Pantera and then went and did that stuff with it. Again, this is music for people like that. Man, I almost feel bad for bass players because they are typically the most replaceable, non-memorable members of any band and every band. You also got to consider the upside of this. The easiest way to get into the back door at any concert you're not supposed to be in is walk up with a fucking bass guitar in your hand and the security guards no gonna, one knows who you are gonna let you in yeah because they don't know what the bass player looks like buddy I'm the bass player and everyone goes shit i guess you could be i don't <laughs> fucking know imagine being in a band like pantera where every member of the band but you everyone knows if you name any other member of pantera everyone knows oh that person was in pantera and then there's the bass player rocking rex just hanging out the truth is and I need you to accept this out there. If your favorite band is Pantera, your favorite band sucks. You're welcome for another Kick in the Headbangers Balls episode of Your Favorite Band Sucks. After listening back to this one, I'm sure we'll get comments about how we did not specifically address Phil's white power comments in the episode. We're in the business of saying things that bother fans of the band on display. I assume every single Pantera fan already knows about this and is not bothered by it. So I'd rather say some shit they haven't thought about before, they can't ignore, 
challenge them on their own ground with something they'll have to think about the next time they're listening. If you have missed it somehow, Phil Anselmo's very long history of failing to say smart things includes several incidents where he's mumbled or shouted white supremacist rhetoric. There you go. I mentioned it. All the bingo card listeners can cover that square. We also know about the X order thing and we don't care about that. There's that square. Yes, Phil loved the local band X order and you can tell that from listening to Power Metal, but Power Metal is not the breakthrough Pantera album or anything of that nature. So it's pretty irrelevant to the big picture here. We did want to talk about the lyrics to walk some more, but we got interrupted by that train. So welcome to East Nashville. I guess I'll talk about them now by myself. This is one of those songs where you know there are at least a million people with these lyrics tattooed on themselves. So it's scary and funny all at the same time. But here you go. It starts off, can't you see I'm easily bothered by persistence? One step from lashing out at you. You want in to get under my skin and call yourself a friend. I've got more friends like you. What do I do? So it's one of those don't act like you know me because I don't even fuck with you type songs. But then Phil takes it in this other direction that makes it seem like he might have been trying to read a book while he wrote this one. The part about you can't be something you're not. Be yourself. Buy yourself. Stay away from me. A lesson learned in life known from the dawn of time. Just really, truly deep shit. Or we sure caveman DNA has been bred out of the gene pool. I'm not so positive. My favorite part of this song is the second verse where he changes course again and takes it to the high school locker room. Run your mouth when I'm not around. It's easy to achieve. You cry to weak friends that sympathize. Can you hear the violins playing your song? Those same friends tell me your every word. This feels like something a teenage girl would write in her diary about one of the other girls in her friend group because she wishes she could say it to that girl's face after hearing about that girl talk some shit. It's amazing to me that these lyrics are in a tough guy metal song. I hear you when you talk shit, Becky. Anyway, make sure to share this episode with everyone you possibly can. Post it on Facebook if you're bored. You probably won't be bored again for a while if you do. Tweet it. Send it into the group chat. Put a link to our podcast in your message board signature, your email signature, your business card. Always go to yfbspod.com for links to episodes new and old. Always check the merch store. We might have new stuff, and our old stuff's always a classic. We still have a few episodes in the can, so the podcast returns in two weeks with someone I'm honestly surprised it took us this long to get to. 